International headquarters of the Sword of the Lord Publishers and Ministries here in downtown Murfreesboro, Tennessee, in the greater Nashville area, in the heart of Tennessee, with Tennessee and the world at heart. This is Making a Difference, and I'm Dr. Shelton Smith. I'm delighted to welcome you today on this Monday, and listen, this is opening day of the National Sword of the Lord Conference. I've mentioned it numerous times here over these past few weeks and months, and now it is time for us to get underway tonight at the 7 o'clock hour here at Gospel Light Baptist Church in Walkertown, North Carolina. And I'm encouraging you even now, if you're within driving distance, come on. If you're not within driving distance, get a flight. Plan to be there tomorrow. We'll get underway at 9.30 in the morning, and we'll have services in the morning workshops in the afternoon, and then services again at night. Lots of great preaching, lots of great music, lots of good things all the way around for all of your family. If you need details more than that, check out our website at swordofthelord.com. We look forward to seeing you tonight at the 7 o'clock hour. Now, let's get right to our study today. Uh, All week long, last week, we were looking at what I'm just calling a profile of the prodigal talking about the prodigal son in Luke chapter 15. And here's what we've done thus far. We looked on Monday at his rebellious self, on Tuesday at his loving father, on Wednesday at his journey downward, and then Thursday we looked at his home away from home in the far country, and then on Friday we looked at his blessed revival. This man began to get himself right, came to himself, the Bible says, and the result of that is he headed back home. And headed back home, we're going to look today at his rewarding restoration. And I want us to look at verses 17 and following. The Bible says, He came to himself, and he said, How many hired servants of my father's have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger? I will arise and go to my father, and I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and before thee. Now, he did exactly that. And of course, what he found was his father received him warmly. And then the father said to his servant in verse 22, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring hither the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. Now, I'm talking today about his rewarding restoration. This man gets restored to his family. He gets restored in the sense that things are put back like they need to be. And of course, it is very, very rewarding. Now, uh, really, whenever you look at all of this, he has already left the pigsty. He's come back up the road. He's returned home. He's humbled himself. He's become repentant. Verse 21, he said to his father, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight and am no more worthy to be called thy son. I mean, this is a truly repentant man. And uh, his loving father that we looked at so carefully on Tuesday a week ago, he said to him, uh, you're not going to be my servant. You're going to be what you've always been. You're going to be my son. And he welcomed him home. Now, the question had to be in the mind of this son, of this prodigal boy. It had to be in his mind as he heads back up the road. What can I expect? What is going to happen once I get there? Am I going to be received or not? Now, the trip home, I mean, he's got his mind made up as he's coming back up the road. He knows he's been to the wrong place. He's done the wrong things. And his mind's made up now. He's headed back to the father's house. So, The question is, what will dad say? 
Will he be mad? Will I hear him say, I warned you, I told you so, and hear it again and again 10,000 times over? Will he give me the worst job on the farm? I mean, he's got to be traveling on Anxiety Highway as he makes this trip back up the road. But when he gets there, what the father discovers is it is his son. But my, what a bedraggled state he is in. No shoes, no shirt, no money, no food. I mean, this boy is in a bad way. He's ragged. He's dirty. He's smelly. He's in need of a bath. Uh, I was talking about this the other day with some friends, and a gentleman said to me as we had talked about the hog pen, and I told them, you know, the smell that you get working in a hog pen, I mean, it stays with you. And one of these men who grew up on a hog farm said to me, he said, my dad always said that uh, the smell doesn't wash off. You got to wear it off. And uh, really, I mean, that's somewhat the case. Now, this young man, he has come back home and he has no reason to expect that he's going to get a royal welcome. What he does expect is he'll get some kind of a small job and he'll be working like a servant out in the fields and he'll not be living in the big house. Well, what a grand surprise he did get. Verse 20, the father came running to him, had compassion on him, saw him that it was his son. He fell on his neck and kissed him. And then when the son said, Father, just let me work out with the field hands. Just let me be one of your servants. The father, I think, really, in effect, is saying, my servant, no, you're not going to be a servant. You're my son, and we're going to deal with you like that. And that's why the father then turned to the servants and said, bring the robe, the best robe. Let's dress him up. Let's get him back in some decent clothes. And not only that, put a ring on his hand, that family ring that will identify him so that everybody knows he is my son. And not only that, but he said, let's get some shoes on his feet. He's here barefooted. And at the same time, we're going to kill the calf that we've been fattening up and waiting for feast time. We're going to go ahead and have a feast and celebrate the return of my son. Now, what a grand surprise that is. Whenever you're expecting little and get much, I mean, that's a wow factor. And here's what happened. Two things that was a total surprise, I think. First, the reception. When the father came running to him and received him so warmly, so lovingly, and uh, just said, uh, listen, you're my son. I'm glad you're back. And the second thing that was a total surprise was the rewards. I'm talking about the robe, the ring, the fatted calf, the shoes, etc. Now, when the father rewards him so strongly, this is not a commendation for his stupidity. This is not an endorsement of his sin. This is not a time where the father is saying, it doesn't matter what you've done, but it is instead a celebration of his surrender and his return to sanity. It is a commendation of your back, and I'm glad you're back, and we're going to go on from here. Now, let me also point out, even though all of this, very rewarding, all of this just absolutely top-notch way that the father had of dealing with this, but this young man is going to discover that there are some leftover liabilities. His reputation is soiled with a lot of people. You know that neighboring farms, people in town, they're going to talk and they're going to talk a great deal. 
They've probably been talking already and saying how the father has been hurt, how the father has been longing and looking for his son to return. I mean, they've wondered what is he into, where has he been, what is he doing, and now then that he's back, there's going to be a whole new batch of talk. You can count on that. And I'm telling you, dear friend, if I'm talking to somebody who has played the prodigal and you're coming back, listen, don't hesitate to come back. You're going to have some things to deal with. There's going to be some liabilities, some leftover things, but uh, you'll have time if you'll do it and do it right. You'll have time to restore yourself. I mean, not everybody's going to be happy that you came home, but it takes time to rebuild what you tore down. And whenever you go to the far country, whenever you wind up in the pigsty, you can be sure that you're tearing down whatever you had, whatever confidence you had with people, whatever reputation you had, it's going to be torn down and you're going to find yourself not happy just as the prodigal was. And it will take time to rebuild what you tore down. But here's the wonderful thing about it. The father has provided a foundation that makes it all possible because he is on board with you, because he is giving you grace, because he is showing you love, because he has been compassionate to you, because his mercy is extended to you, then other people will eventually come around. They will see, and especially if you stay true, if you continue to do what you're supposed to do. So in effect, what I'm saying is the rewards are true and they're solid, but with other people, they're somewhat conditional. Sure, he came back, But he came back humbled, he came back repentant, and he came back willing to be responsible. And when he did, I mean, all of that just says he came back willing to take his medicine. Whatever was going to be, he was willing to deal with it and put it all to rest. I mean, like it needed to be. Now, let's apply just a little bit here this rewarding restoration principle. This tells me that this man got a second chance. Did he deserve a second chance? Well, in many ways, I mean, we could say, well, no, probably not. He messed everything up. He uh, demanded the inheritance ahead of time, and he went out and squandered that in just the most terrible kind of a way. So does he deserve a second chance? Well, you know, we might uh, meet in committee and vote five to three and say, no, he doesn't deserve a second chance. But, you know, the father said, he's my son. He is my son. And yes, he does. And so what is he at this point, except he's a product of grace, he's a product of mercy, he's a product of compassion, and whenever you and I come to realize we have a second chance, whatever the story, whatever the day of difficulty, however far down the trail you went, I mean, you may have gone to the far country and just kept going to some other distant place that was even worse than the far country. I mean, a lot of people get so bogged down, they get down in Sodom and Gomorrah and other places like that that are as wicked as they can be, and they lavishly live up their life as long as the money holds out. And uh, listen, there comes a time whenever you're down. I mean, you may be down in a bottle. You may be down with needles in your arms. You may be down in all kinds of circumstances. You may be down in some uh, immoral quagmire. You may find yourself in all kinds of difficulty. But let me tell you something, dear friend. The day that you too come to yourself, as this man did, and you put aside your pride, you come to the point where you say, I'm going to fess up. 
I'm going to confess the burden that I have. I'm going to confess the wrong that I did. I'm going to make it right. I'm going to get back on track. And you take whatever needed and necessary steps there are to get yourself back in place like you need to be. Now, that is possible, and it is doable. You remember the Bible says that with God, all things are possible. As difficult as this man's circumstances were— and as difficult as the circumstances may be that some of you are dealing with as well, it may be, dear friend, that you're looking at your situation and you're saying, man, I've been so far down. I've done so wrong. Listen, this is in the Bible to tell me and to tell you that no circumstance is beyond the reach of God's goodness. And I want you to know that. I mean, there is a way back. There is a trail. If you get on it, I mean, just humble yourselves, swallow your pride, and determine you're going to own up to whatever it is that you've engaged in. I mean, whatever the day of difficulty is, own it, dear friend. Admit it. Don't push it aside. Don't blame it on somebody else. And you determine that you're going to let this day be the day when you head back home as well. And you let the Father do what the Father can do. Now, I just have to ask you, do you fit into this picture? Do you have the same need that the prodigal had? If you do, the same grace, the same mercy, the same goodness of God is available to you, just like it was to him. It's the reason it's in the Bible, so that we too know that we can get ourselves restored and we can do so in a rewarding way. The best robe, the ring on the hand, shoes on the feet, and killing the fatted calf. That is the father's way of dealing with the prodigal when he comes home. So I'm so glad that you've let me talk to you about that today. And listen, we got two more sessions we're going to do on the prodigal. We'll do it tomorrow and Wednesday, and I hope you'll join me then. In the meantime, listen, do write me a note. I'd love to hear from you. Write to me, Dr. Shelton Smith, at P.O. Box 1099, Murfreesboro, Tennessee, 37133. The email address is radio at swordofthelord.com. Well, until tomorrow, God bless you. Have a good rest of the day, and goodbye for now.